Hello, this is Harry. Hi, this is Maya and welcome back to Making It Big. We are so delighted to welcome our next guest, Robbie Singh, the growth director at Midnight, a community-driven esports betting company. Um, I think it's it's super important to just like don't accept no. Like obviously if an investor tells you no, accept the fact that they told you no, but don't let it shatter your dream. Now, not only this, he is the co-founder of Amida Studios, the gaming development startup who with their new game predecessor are looking to be the next big thing in the multiplayer online battle arena genre, a market expected to top $50 billion by 2021. In this podcast, we spoke to Robbie about what it's like to work at a startup whilst managing a side hustle, how and why it's important to find the right team, and lastly, his advice on building genuine relationships in the competitive world of business. Enjoy, everyone. It's going to be fab. So how are you doing today, Robbie? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How about yourself? We're very good, yeah, I'm good. What about you, Maya? Yeah, really good. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's really exciting. Absolutely. Um, it's actually so funny because on a previous podcast, I had mentioned that... Um, I was talking about gaming and I understand the gaming industry, but I didn't get mm. gaming like influencers. And it was really funny because I actually got some um, feedback from a lot of my friends being like, my, you don't understand gaming is like huge. So I'm really <laughs> excited to get into this um, podcast and just like learn more about it, basically. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. It's a good one. Um, so I think we just start off today by just kind of saying a bit about who you are. So do you want to introduce yourself and maybe some of your background, maybe your first job and yeah, your passions? Yeah, sure. So um my background, I, I've got a technical background, so I got a degree um, from Queen Mary's in computer science. Mm -hmm. And kind of my first job is at Midnight. Uh, it's an esports betting company. And kind of the reason that I got involved in, in Midnight and esports betting is because I just love like gaming. I think esports and gaming, they obviously go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And so I really wanted to become better at the other side of a business so you have like the technical side of a business but then also you need to like attract customers and grow that business and so i joined midnight on the growth i was the first growth uh, employee on the team so really building out what does growing like an esports betting company look like who should we be working with what kind of initiatives we should be building out for the future of the business and so that's kind of my role at midnight along with uh, a lot of like esports is community focus so building a core community around our product as well amazing and one of the things um, I found quite fascinating is obviously you studied quite a, you studied computer science, which is very kind of technical. But some, some I was looking on your LinkedIn and kind of the, some of the roles you got to at midnight, they're very much kind of front of show, you know, front of the shop and you do some amazing things, kind of growth, growth and marketing. And you've kind of, you definitely dabbled in a lot of things. Has that been something that's kind of, you've always wanted to do or is that something that midnight kind of the opportunity came to you when you were working there? Yeah, I think, I think um, just based on like the, the things I want to do in the future, I think, mm -hmm. Um, having a, you don't have to be like a master at everything, but if, if you can have a good understanding of, you know, how does growth at a company, like a company that wants to scale really quickly, how does that work? Mm -hmm. How does marketing work? I do a lot of custom operations as well. So mm -hmm. how does managing like the entire customer process of a business look like? Mm -hmm. Um, I think having at least an understanding of how that works, if you're going to go and try to found your own company or, or take like a more senior position at a company, it's really good to have some sort of insight on. Otherwise, you'll find yourself kind of a bit lost. And joining Midnight early on was kind of the plan because then, you know, when I joined, it was like four people. And then I could kind of grow with the company. 
and and we're all still figuring stuff out. But if you join like a huge company that's already established, you might feel a bit lost if you didn't have mm. like prior experience. That's, do you know, it's so interesting you say that because um, I guess so many people our age, if you talk to them, it's like joining a company with four people is that will you be secure and it's kind of like will is it you know are you going to get a salary kind of thing so what was your thinking behind did you find it quite risky to basically work after uni in a startup instead of let's say going down a more traditional route where yeah you do have that secure job in like a larger company um to be honest i never really thought about the the job security side of things it was more <laughs> i want to go and go somewhere and learn as much as i can as quickly as possible and yeah. I think you're given a lot of freedom and flexibility in, in early stage companies to kind of really own you know, what does growth look like at this company and have a lasting impact. Um, so that was kind of the reasoning I went into it. Um, I think it, I think it's more like depends on everyone's position. But I think if you're in London, like there's so many opportunities that, you know, mm. if you if if midnight, you know, wasn't around after a year, then there's plenty of other companies. Um, so mm -hmm. I wasn't too worried about that. Yeah, mm. no, that's amazing. I love what you said about learning. I think that's so true and perhaps what we don't do enough of in our um, kind of just, yeah, in this whole system and whatever. But um, mm. so can you tell us more then about, because obviously you are doing this full-time job in a startup, which is amazing already. Um, so you also have a side hustle, is that right? So can you tell us more about that? Yeah, sure. So I'm the founder of Omega Studios and we're a game studio developing predecessor which is a uh, third person action mobile for pc playstation xbox um kind of my role within the company is like the creative direction um it's it's kind of up to me to decide like what the game looks like how the game feels like what happens within the game um and a lot of like the product management side mm -hmm. of the the company um and then on the operation side of the business, it's about like fundraising, business relationships and, and partnerships. So that's kind of like my side hustle. And it's been kind of crazy over the last few months. We've had like a tremendous amount of growth. So really excited to see where that goes. Wow. And so what, um, obviously, so Harry and I have seen some videos and like promotional stuff of the game, which by yeah, the way, we so will put on our show notes and everything. So check it out. But um, just, I guess it would be great to hear your description of it because I mean, I hear a lot about things like Fortnite or like game of, is it? No, not game, Call <laughs> of Duty. That That's yeah. the one. Um, so like, because <laughs> obviously this is a huge industry, right? It's worth yeah. like hundreds of billions of dollars. So yeah, I guess my question is where, where does your game fit in and what kind of yeah what's the yeah, what's yeah. a MOBA yeah, yeah so uh, MOBA is like a multiplayer online battle arena and wow. it's like a lot of words <laughs> <laughs> but wow. essentially all it is it, to kind of sum it up it's, it's like 5v5 a team based game right so you and four people are on the same team and you're against five enemies and you have characters that have unique abilities and um, you're trying to fight for control over, over a specific map um, so that's kind of the, the bare basics of of a MOBA mm -hmm. and then it, the the reason like MOBAs are so popular like League of Legends and Dota like two most popular esports mm. in the world is because they have a lot of uh, depth and, and skill involved in the game you know each character takes like maybe thousands of hours to master and these games have hundreds wow. of characters and each character you know performs better against other characters and other teams and so it's mm. a it's an extremely competitive uh, genre Wow. Mm, yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned esports. Like, what kind of draws the line between just like a game that you can play kind of for fun, like maybe 
just competitively with your mates and then something that moves it into like an esports genre kind of what well, is it just this pure competitiveness and kind yeah, of yeah um yeah that's a that's a great question because i think it's it's hard to to create an esport as a game developer i think you can obviously have the intention that i go want my game to be an esport mm-hmm. um but i mm-hmm. think it really comes down to the players and if there's enough interest for them to want to play the game competitively like you you may want to play with mm-hmm. your mates you know i play with my friends warzone every like once a week on the weekend and Mm. and we have a lot of fun Mm -hmm. but we don't find that it's competitive enough like i don't think i could play every day competitively and and there's enough depth to the game in in my opinion Mm. whereas you know something like dota or league of legends because it takes so long to master these heroes there's you find yourself playing the same thing over and over again but it's kind of a new experience all the time and it's difficult to to kind of be Mm. the best at it and so i think that the most important thing is that there's enough enough depth for a player to want to play like hours and put in hundreds of hours in a game. Um, and then after that, like as a game, as I said, as a game developer, it's really difficult to kind of force your game to become an esport. It's something that, you know, the mm-hmm. players have to want and they have to have their desire to want to compete in your game and then you can give them the tools to do so. That's amazing. Mm. I love, I love, I never really thought there's so much involved in like, I guess, learning about the characters on these, um, on the games and stuff. It's, I'm loving this. I find it so interesting. And am I right in thinking that um, the, so far the feedback that you, and the response that you've got from obviously your first, um, like the alpha trailer has been pretty amazing. Like it's been great, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been really good. We, off the back of like all the traction that we had from our, from our closed alpha tests, we signed um a distribution deal with epic games so we'll be distributing on their store um and so yeah it's been it's been pretty exciting we've been growing you know we doubled our player numbers every single week we had the game open um and so kind of just excited to see see how far we can take it and and you're doing a job like how is this even possible and (laughs) so um Am I so? Are you doing this on your own, or you've founded this with um, some other people? And if you have, like, do you mind just telling us and the listeners, like, how that all kind of like came about? Yeah, sure. So I am doing this while uh, working at midnight. Um, I guess how I'm doing it is like less hours of sleep, I guess, and, and just like <laughs> um, focusing all my free time on the game, which is fine because we're, we're in kind of like a lockdown situation, so there's plenty of free time. Um, and I'm building the game with seven other people. I founded the the studio with um, two people, uh, Stephen and Andrea, who are my co-founders. Um, how I met them was just um, basically through through video games. We all like <laughs> shared shared mm. a passion for like the same type of game. Um, and Stephen's got like Stephen and Andrea have like really strong technical backgrounds. They have a lot more experience than I do, and. Mm. Um, yeah, they they saw the value that I brought in terms of like game design and, and competitive nature in video games. And then I saw the value that they brought in like being able to actually build something um, as complicated as a MOBA. Um, we just decided to take a stab at it in 2018, summer of 2018. And then um, as we kind of progressed, we tried to expand the team by finding people that we thought were like, 10x our product so every time we looked at someone we were like oh well who can 10x in this specific department and i think we've we've brought together like a really strong team people that have worked at like other game studios um spend you know hundreds of hours um designing maps and and visual assets for video games and it's just been through networking you know um sharing like if you're if you're really passionate about a a video game or, or designing a game 
you'll know mm. where to go to find other passionate people. And then it's about showing them what you're working on. And, you know, some people are like, this is really cool. Like, I would love to get involved and then seeing if there's a fit there. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think passion is something that you can just use to connect to with so many people. And like we even said, me and my like this podcast, it's a passion project for us. Um, but one thing I am really interested about is I know gaming is quite an intense market to try and think you want to get into. Yeah. And especially some of the followings, you know, it's almost like a cult following for a lot of games, like especially like if you're looking at League of Legends and stuff. I was just wondering how you saw that market and how you maybe consider breaking into a market so saturated like that. And is it through kind of just a vision or is it how, is it a team kind of effort? Or what kind of gets you into that market and how do you think about navigating that space? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think <laughs> it's uh, gaming is like everyone's dream, right? I guess alongside yeah. becoming like a rapper or a musician, right? It's like <laughs> games are the next best thing. And yeah. so like um, it's extremely difficult and it, I... I I think it's a saturated market, but to an extent, because it's all it's like a growing market, right? It's constantly mm -hmm. getting bigger every day. More people are playing games. So mm -hmm. there's more opportunity. I think the advantage that we have and, and something that we are really excited about exploring is that these traditional MOBAs were designed like League of Legends is 10, 10 years old, mm -hmm. even more, actually. I think they, they first did their like beta in 2008. So 12 years old, similar timeline for Dota as well. So these games are extremely old. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the the idea for us was, can we build a MOBA that kind of brings the genre into the 21st century with, you know, new, new and updated graphics, more immersion mm -hmm. into the gameplay um, and making it a lot more faster paced because that's where, the, you know, the gaming industry is, is trending towards. And then there's other advantages of trying to break into that market because, League of Legends and Dota, they're not on consoles and, and our game is mm -hmm. designed for consoles too. And there's a lot of there's a large audience there that that we think we can definitely capture. And so I think it, it's a bit of both. It's like timing, right? If we'd released this at the same time League of Legends was coming out, it would have been super difficult. But mm -hmm. I feel like we're coming towards the end of the life cycle of those games. And now there's an opportunity to kind of see if we can capture the next the, the next cycle. Mm. Mm. No, for sure. I, it's it's great. I love I love listening because it's the sound. You're just so calm and collected about it, and you are literally doing <laughs> some of the most amazing stuff I've heard. It's great. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I want to ask because you um you mentioned a bit about this like networking and obviously like you know your relationships with your, with your co-founders. I guess how important is is that to a startup and what was your approach or your process into you know building these relationships or how how like what's your take on that yeah so in terms of the first part it, it's super important like i think you need to have a really good relationship with not just like your co-founders but everyone on your team because you know it's extremely difficult no matter like what you're building it's always you're probably always fighting against someone who's more funded or a bigger studio or bigger company um and so it's extremely difficult to there's like difficult times when you know you'll disagree with people or you know one person thinks this will be the best thing for the business and another person thinks something else and mm -hmm. it's important that you have like a good relationship with with your team so that everyone's trusting in the people that you know, um, are making the key decisions. So if if one of my developers thinks that we should be building, you know, the technical aspect of the game this way, then I have to have enough trust in him that he knows um, what he's doing to be able to make that decision. And then if I want to say, well, hey, I think we should build like monetization this way, 
then my team have enough trust in me to say, well, he knows what he's doing. He's done the research. And so we should trust in his decision. But I think if you have a team where, um, you know, maybe there's egos involved or there's not enough mm -hmm. trust in other people to do their, to pull their weight, then you probably end up in scenarios where, you know, like people leave the team and it's quite disorganized and, and chaotic within, within the company. So I think it's super important that you have a good relationship with your team. I feel like um, with our team, we're all like a family and, and we, you know, we're all really good friends. Um, mm. And we spend, a you know, we spend hours and hours together. So that, that really helps. But I think you have to make sure that you're, you're building a company for the right reasons. And, and the mm -hmm. reason we're all doing it is because we're passionate about it. And I think that's super important because if you're trying to chase like other things like you know like uh, fame or fortune you might you might find yourself coming up short often because you you really need like passion to get you like all the way i i, I don't think you can just do it for a desire mm. of like fame or money yeah it's got to be you know they always say like the dream job is to never work a day in your life because you're doing it just because you love it and i think yeah. that's something you're definitely doing it's something you kind of want to live and breathe um i was wondering because obviously you've kind of molded the company as a side hustle by yourself so you're kind of in charge of how it operates and i was wondering do you have like a hierarchy where you kind of all equal partners in it and the team like how do you manage it as a group like kind of dynamics in that sense yeah so um in for us in like um as a team it's pretty much we, everyone's allowed to pitch in 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 every decision um there are some kind of decisions mo mostly like related to like the legal side of the business that we kind of defer to, to maybe just myself and, and mm -hmm. the co-founders. But in terms of how the game, uh, the game design is monetization and all these mm -hmm. other aspects, we're pretty open to, to what the team team like feel like we should be doing. To be honest, most of them just trust our decisions and they're happy with, with kind of the way we're going, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a completely open environment. And, and I think it's really important to have that because you know, we're, 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 we don't have like 20, 30 years of experience in the industry. And so we may not think of all, we may not look at all the problems from all the angles. And then, you know, someone else might be like, well, you know, how does this impact a newer player who has no understanding of the game? And we mm. might've just been thinking, oh, let's just design this. And it, and we think mm. people will get it because they understand the space. But if you, you know, you're trying to attract someone who's never played a video game before, how does that decision impact mm. them too? And so having people around you that are willing to, you know, give their input and also call you out on decisions that you're making, not in a bad way, but just so that, you know, you're making sure that you, these are tried and tested decisions that you're making. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I think that's a really good comment. And also, I'll just say, for someone who's not in gaming, I'm 100% like convinced. I will so try this out. Um, but I think, um, so do you think your, I guess your experience working in a startup, obviously I know it's a little bit different. Do you, do you take a lot of the stuff that you're learning there into your side hustle? Or do you think it's like, have you been, yeah, I guess does it influence of how you work in your team and stuff? Yeah, 100%, I think. The, the great thing about Midnight is that the, the founders there, they're like, you know, they, they really set a good tone for the company. And like, yeah. um, they, they've kind of shown me things where, you know, where, where sometimes I would go like 60, 70% of the way. They were like, well, you can always just go like, do, just do everything 100%. And it's like, everyone says that they want to do everything 100%. And of course, <laughs> I also want to do things 100%. Yeah. But it's like, you know, do you have the motivation to do that when you've been working for like 12 hours? Like, yeah. do you have, you know, reading like just just uh, marketing materials to make sure that every single word is correct, you know, all the graphics look good. 
and that level of detail is something that you know the founders at midnight have like really uh driven home and i think mm. that's translated across into the game like we 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 make sure that we never cut any corners and that's one of the reasons why like our game um it, like our users love the game and it feels amazing because we never mm. we never took like any shortcuts and mm. that was something that you know the that at midnight they they never take any shortcuts there either so that kind of mm. transferred across and also just other skills like you know um managing um different you know you got to manage campaigns for like betting that coming up in weeks planning ahead road mapping stuff out organizing with different teams you just learn a lot at at a startup and i think um if if you're if you're like looking for like what should i do after university whether i should go and start my own thing or i should go to a startup i would um just strongly advise going to a startup even if it's for like a year or two just to learn about like how does everything function and you can even learn like other things from from the founders if you build a good relationship like you know mm. how did they fundraise how did they manage to to secure funding for the business what did their deck look like right um how who should they be meeting and you know you know midnight's in a similar space as as you know omega studios so that that also helps a lot mm. mm-hmm. that's so it's actually so funny you said that because i've been talking to harry really recently about how i keep changing my mind whether i want to leave uni and just um, go straight to doing my own thing. Mm. Um, and I, we even had the conversation if I should have kind of dropped out previously or should I actually, and now I'm more convinced, yeah, go get some experience somewhere else. So it's amazing yeah. that, that you said that because because that's such a thing, isn't it? That you kind of drop out or you just, you know, you don't do, you do your GCSEs and that's it. And then that is what an entrepreneur is. And I think Harry and I are trying to kind of change that a little bit. Mm. We'll show that there are different routes to go and you're someone who's mm. really... Especially. Or like yeah. even Daisy last episode, you know, there's a lot of workplaces like Midnight that are kind of, they want you to have your side hustles. They want they, they want you to have your passions on the side because at the end of the day, that's also what makes you come into work if you're in a nice environment that's enabling of that. Um, yeah. And definitely like kind of how we might learn from those organizations to then put into our business i think that's a great piece of advice because you know there is that kind of um stereotypical view of an entrepreneur that's someone that's kind of dropped out and Mm. even in our kind of pre-chat before this you kind of mentioned you know that that's like one in a billion realistically you have to have your wits about you um and you have to kind of think you know what's the real long-term goal and what's the vision and that's definitely something you've definitely done um yeah um i guess kind of moving on to kind of we might as well mentioned you're very like calm, calm cool and collected <laughs> and we can definitely see that when we're speaking to you but I guess in terms of like self-management and time management like how do you manage your time and yourself and kind of ride that entrepreneur roller coaster as they say and kind of manage the ups and the downs yeah I think it, I think that's like a really difficult one between mm-hmm. like all the things that that I'm doing at the moment with with midnight and I made a studio so so midnight takes up like most of my day but the the rest of the day, I'm just working on Amada Studios. Um, but I think it's important to spend time. Like I like to read a lot and learn from like other people. So I think it's important mm. that if if you are someone that wants to go out and do something on your own, you, you know, if you're if you're at university or you're not able to, you know, you know get a job at the, because of current circumstances, well, you know, people write down their mistakes in a book, and you can pick that up, or you can read it mm. online for free. Right? There's there's so much information. So I like to spend a lot of time reading. Um, I think it's important to maybe like plan your week out. So mm. I like to put everything in a calendar and say like, so this week is, this is what I have coming up, like meetings with other people. And then I'll fill in the blanks with other stuff that I have scheduled for like midnight and then um, Amoda Studios. And we use like 
um, a project management tool that kind of tracks the tasks that need to be done for the week. And so that's a really good way of like organizing what you need to get done. Because I think I don't really like to to put stuff in like, okay, 10 to 11, I'm going to do this. And then one to two, I'm going to do that. Because, mm. you know, things change, like are always changing at a startup. You know, people will have problems or you need to meet with someone because of something urgent. But I think it's good if you have kind of like an outline of your day, like today I need to do these four things and then kind yeah. of make it realistic. I think at the start, I spend a lot of time trying to fit in a lot of things, but it's it's unrealistic to get that much stuff done in a day. I think you should be comfortable with doing like two or three main tasks, depending on, on what they are. Um, and then just making sure that you do them really well. I think yeah. sometimes when I was looking at social media, it's like all these people were reading like two books a week and something ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, if I always try and compare myself to them, I'll always fall mm. short. So, so let me just try and do the best that I can. And within like my ability and, and you know, how my, my life is, um, and just be happy with that. And I think mm. as long as you make like incremental improvements each week or moving, moving, whatever it is forward, I think that's a great way to, to at least yeah. begin to manage your time. That's amazing, isn't it? Because I think everything is so fast paced at the moment and especially in your line of work that it's so nice to hear that do something, but just do it well and take your time. I think everything you've said so far has literally been about, yes, have the vision, but look at those details, take the mm. time and, and really appreciate those those, yeah, those details that your users will also really understand and appreciate, just like how you guys founding it and developing it also do. And I think that's amazing. And as simple as just reading a book. And I, I'm definitely guilty of that, where I'll read a book just because I want to say I've read it, right? But have I actually mm. read it well enough to be able to apply it in my life? And I think that's, I'm 100% taking that advice. So <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> mm. It is incredible. And um, I guess kind of, we discussed also in the pre-meeting to this kind of how we we think university is like this great environment for kind of like kind of learning about you, but also connecting with others and building up a really great kind of ecosystem to, you know, bounce off into the world. And I was just running because obviously we've mentioned like, you know, this isn't maybe always associated with entrepreneurs, like they tend to be the dropouts in theory. How did how was your experience with university and kind of how did that mold you into what you wanted to do in life and drive your ambitions? Or did yeah. it or did it not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, when I when I was finishing my a-levels i didn't really want to go to university i was mm -hmm. like oh, i just want to like go and try and do my own thing but to be honest going to university was like a really great decision mm -hmm. um mostly because um i mean obviously aside from like the, the benefits of having a degree but mostly mm -hmm. because you get to meet people you have experiences that kind of shape you for the rest of your life and you know i i met a lot of people at university that you know, we'll probably be friends, I'll be friends with for the rest of my life. And just the, the, the you know, if you, if you manage to connect with the right people and you have like a good set of friends, then they're going to go off and do amazing things too. And, yeah. you know, it, it helps if, if you're friends with them, right? Like if someone's working at a big company, like some of my friends work at Facebook, Google, Apple. Mm. And so if you have wow. friends <laughs> at places like that, and I ever needed something like from Apple mm. for whatever reason, <laughs> then, you know, things can progress quicker. Or yeah. if I needed to hire an engineer and my friends are great engineers at these companies, I can mm. be like, well, you know, could you tell me a bit about like the hiring process for an engineer? Cause you mm. do it at Apple or whatever. So I think there's a lot to learn from like that side and also just surrounding you with like yourself with great people. Someone, uh, I can't remember who it is, but they were like, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. 
And so like, wow. that's like my favorite quote <laughs> is like, if you surround yourself with people that want to be winners, you'll probably end up being a winner too. Yeah. And mm. I think university is a great place to kind of figure out who those people are going to be. Like who's, who has ambition, who's driven to want to do something different. And, mm. and it might not, they might just, you know, want to go work at a corporate company and that, that can be great too. That doesn't necessarily make them a loser or anything. They can definitely be winners too. Yeah. But it's just about surrounding yourself with like the right people, smart people, things that people are on the right track in life. Mm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you, you do have to build a network, don't you? Like yeah. you, you're definitely, as you know, in your job, you'll meet a lot of people, but you kind of have to tend that to that network in like almost like a garden. You can't just like call on them after day after meeting them and say like, hey, give me this contact. Like you have to kind of build that relationship up with them. Um, and I guess maybe what's your advice for kind of doing that? Like how, how do you do you, like, is there to and fro? Do you help people like, and then they scratch your back. Is it kind of like a two-way relationship? <laughs> how do you how do you build those contacts? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I can I can give like a good example. So at midnight, I'm I'm really good friends with the the head of product there. You know, me and him get on extremely well. We speak mm. almost every day. And um, I, I was just telling him about my side project, and he was like, "Well, you should speak to so and so." And he was like, "I worked with him when he was at a previous company, and." He led, um, like they were, they were investing in smaller startups in, in sports. And so he was like, you should speak to this guy because he'll give you great advice. I spoke to that guy. Um, you know, we built a great relationship. We, play, we played video games together every so often. <laughs> He's introduced me to like some world-class investors and, you wow. know, people that are really like outside of like my normal network. And so I think it's important to make friends with, and, and not for the reason of wanting to network and, and trying to extract mm. value for them, just making friends with everyone around you. And, and you know, um, the head of product at Midnight, you know, he's extremely good at his job and you know, he's really talented. He's, he's mm. probably one of the best product guys in the industry. Mm. And so um, these are the kind of people that you want to surround yourself with because they really know what they're doing. And so that was, that. I think it's really important to build a relationship like that. And, and then when you have you know, a problem or you need introductions to someone, these people are happy to do so because, you know, you're good friends and it's like mm. asking your mate, can, can you introduce me to mm. so-and-so? Your mate's going to say yes, right? They're never going to be like, no. Um, and so I think that's important. And then uh, onto your like second point about like kind of extracting value or like, is it mm. a two-way street? I think yes and no. It, it depends on the kind of um, relationship that you have with this person. So like um, Nick, who is the head of product at Midnight, I can ask him for anything and he would never expect me to do anything in return. Um, mm. And he would never say, well, you're asking too much of me. He would, he would, he said he would do whatever it takes. Right. Mm. And so that's because we've got a great relationship, but it's a, it's a genuine friendship. And so mm. if you are trying to, um, if you are looking to build out your network, I think you should be mindful of creating like genuine friendships first before mm. trying to be like, yeah. okay, I'm going to connect with this person so they can connect me with that person. Yeah. Because if you are going to do that, that's perfectly fine, but just be upfront about it and tell the person. Like mm. I, I literally messaged someone on LinkedIn and I was like, I, I, this is what I'm building. You built something similar and you, you <laughs> did X, Y, Z. And these are the people that I would love for you to connect me with. And he was like, yeah, I'm happy to like connect you with these people, whatever you want. And I'll also like, if you want any feedback on, on how you should approach them, just let me know. And so, you know, that guy, that guy did it because he, he was probably in my position like two or three years ago. And he wished mm. maybe mm. he had someone that he could, you know, call upon to kind of put him in touch with people. So mm. I wouldn't be afraid to go out and ask, but I think maybe making sure that your approach is in the right way. Like, mm. don't Almost be like forceful. Be authentic. 
Yeah, exactly. Be authentic, and you know, and and I think a lot of people can can maybe come across as like quite arrogant. Like, can you introduce mm. me to so and so? Yeah. But maybe providing them a bit of background, like context. Um, like I read a lot of a lot of blog posts on on different people, and in the I'll I'll do a lot of background research too on these people, and so mm. I'll be like, well, there's parts of their story about how they became successful that relate to me, like. Whether it was you know working at a startup or you know um, reading a certain book that we both love or a TV show, like you can you can literally send like an investor an email and be like, hey, I really love this TV show. I know you like it too. Have you seen that they're making a movie about it, for example? And he'll reply, oh no, I didn't. I didn't know there was a movie about it. And then you can just open the conversation like that, right? Yeah. And so you can just take like you gotta you gotta remember that the people that you're probably trying to connect with like hundreds of other people are trying to connect with too, yeah. right? There's a reason. And so what are you doing to kind of set yourself apart yeah. from all those people? And stand out, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, I think you really give a good example of the kind of difference between a transactional connection mm -hmm. or relationship and then a relationship that's actually genuine and mm -hmm. you're right, based on friendship. And I think you can get both, you can get things from both of them, but it's just, I guess, about being aware and choosing when and who, right? Um, that's amazing advice. I actually have a question on, on investment because I know yeah. we've briefly spoken about it. But um, I mean, when I, I'm a bit more clearer now, but previously I've literally thought investment is like you walk in to Dragon's Den, you pitch, <laughs> you say, I want like 10% of my company. Is that literally how it is? Like, <laughs> what are the realities of, of this fundraising bit? Because I, I know that's really tough, right? And it's a lot of money. So it's not, yeah. you know, how does that all work? Um, Do you enjoy it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I enjoy it. Um, <laughs> it can be quite nerve-wracking, right? Because, yeah. um, you know, have you guys you guys probably maybe... I don't know if you guys have done, like, job interviews and stuff before, mm. but you're like, ah, oh, I think that went great, and then they, like, turn you down, <laughs> or I think yeah. it went terrible, and then you just have a bad feeling, like, the whole week yeah. until you hear back from them. And that's kind of what it's like. Um, but in terms of compared to Dragon's Den, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's not really like that. Um <laughs> To be honest, it's probably a lot easier than Dragon's Den, if I'm honest. Um, uh, it, it really depends on the investor, though. Like, yeah. um, if you're targeting investors that the, the fund only focuses on your space, like I've, I've been in gaming, so the funds that we spoke to are like only in gaming. So, you know, they really understand the space. You don't really have to educate them. On Dragon's Den, there's a lot of background education, yeah. market, mm -hmm. sure. uh, the yeah. market size and all that stuff. But if an investor understands your space and, and can see what you're building, to be honest, it, it's probably like one or two meetings that are maybe 20 minutes. And, mm -hmm. you know, we got we got a commit in, in 30 minutes. So, um, you know, it's just about how well you can articulate your vision for the company. And also, mm. I think if you have good metrics, like that's the best thing. Like yeah. all, all investors really want to see is that are you the person to like, firstly, can you build it? And then secondly, can you scale it? And, and why mm. are you that person? And that's really it, right? There's no secret recipe because mm. early on, your business is so new that no one really knows like how successful it can be. So they're yeah. definitely taking a gamble on on you as a person so why why should you need to give them reasons as to why they should invest in you on mm. dragon's den i think it's a lot more about it's more business focused right so these mm. people already have a business they're not coming up with an idea and pitching an idea they're pitching like something that they've actually built yeah um, so true 
And so Dragon Zen is is <laughs> probably not the best example I would give, but yeah. To, yeah, but to be fair, I watch like tons of it and I love Shark yeah. Tank too. I yeah, think Shark Tank's great. Yeah, Shark <laughs> Tank's the best. And I think if you are like in the tech space, there's a lot you can yes. learn from watching Shark Tank because a lot of tech companies have gone onto yeah. Shark Tank. I didn't see many on Dragon's Den. No. But you yeah, can you right. can definitely learn a lot from that. And also, mm. you know, how do you articulate your pitch as well? Because you mm. might have to go a different route to to what to what we're taking is like you might not be able to to meet with investors or you might not have that opportunity and you might have mm. to go and pitch in front of like a whole panel of investors. And at that point, it, it probably comes a bit closer to like Dragon's Den and being able to mm. to to educate the audience. Um, yeah, so completely. so it really depends. I think there's tons of resources out there if you are looking to like raise capital of how to do it properly. And, and you can mm. reach out to reach out like this is the strategy. You want to reach out to investors that you're not really interested um, in, in being part of your round early on so that you can refine your pitch and get feedback from them. Mm. And I mean, if they come to the round, that's great. Yeah, but you want to practice. And mm. then you want to go to investors that you're you're a bit more serious about. And then mm. finally, you want to go to the investors that you know you really want. And after all that practice, you should have like your pitch nailed down yeah, and make sure, <laughs> e yeah, make sure at each of those stages you're asking for feedback. So yeah. if someone said no, why did they say no? Was it because if they say, you know, we didn't feel that your market size was big enough, you didn't do a good enough job of explaining to them why this could be a billion dollar opportunity. Mm. If they feel your experience, your team isn't experienced enough, you haven't done a good, a, a good enough job of explaining why you're the people to build this. And so mm. you can learn tons of stuff along the way. And then you can refine it, put it, put more information in your deck and then kind of go to those final investors. And and you don't want to give them any reason to say no at that point that like you've covered mm. all your bases. It's, it's complicated, isn't it? Like it's a lot more than you originally would have thought. Um, yeah. Maya's kind of made a, a good point where like a lot of us, you know, especially students, our preconception of maybe what business is like, especially um, coming down from like people's other people's experience, it can kind of be, and Mario always uses this term, like sugarcoated, can't it? Like what you can think business is going to be versus what it actually is, is often a lot different. And maybe for someone that's maybe, you know, you wanted to be entrepreneurial and now you're actually having to do it. Was there any like more preconceptions or kind of disparities? And like, would you, having known what it now, now is, would you still recommend it to like your previous self or to other people kind uh -huh. of following you? Your question, I like it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a tricky one. I mean, I I think I don't know because I feel like I you have to kind of, I had to go through all those things to kind of to get to mm. the point where I am. Whereas if someone had told me, even if it was me coming back to myself, I don't even know if I listen to myself most of the time. So I don't think I would have listened to it. But I think you know, there's all the mistakes and stuff that I've learned along the way. It's probably people have documented them in like blogs or books yeah. so you could definitely learn it but i don't think it ever really hits home until you actually do it and that's yeah. what i found quite a lot of like i was aware of a lot of things but then when i still fell into those mistakes then it kind of clicked like oh mm. okay now i understand why mm. they said not to make this mistake <laughs> like they told me not to make this mistake but i didn't have the context as to why i shouldn't yeah. make that mistake and i think the context really matters um yeah. I would definitely like still do like still travel the same path. Mm. But I did think like early on that it was a lot easier than it would be. You mm. see like there's just the way the world is set up today. Like every other company is raising like huge amounts of funding and you always hear about the winners, but you never see mm. the losers. And there's yeah. there's like thousands more losers than there are winners. <laughs> and it's extremely difficult. Like yeah. even if you're just setting up a shop like you know, I, I consider setting up a shop fairly simple, but it's actually not that easy, right? And <laughs> yeah. now we're yeah. trying to build a company that scales to like millions of people across the globe. 
it's mm-hmm. uh yeah it's 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 difficult and it definitely seems a lot easier than it is but mm-hmm. i think yeah. i think that if if everyone looked at it and it was like it was extremely hard no one would attempt it so the mm. fact that it did seem sugar-coated maybe is the reason why you dip your toes in and then you kind of enjoy the, the, the hustle and then kind of yeah. go a bit deep every time. Well, it's a roller coaster, isn't it? They always say. Yeah, yeah <laughs> there's exactly. There's the ups and there's downs. Um, but <laughs> they're both kind of equally as ecstatic and exciting. So, so definitely... do you do you think then um, you've made it big? Uh. And, don't, and like hum, being humble aside, because like in my opinion, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And I understand that obviously you're still in your last bit of funding and everything but like already what you've achieved is incredible but what's your take on it like do you do you consider yourself that you've made it big no no definitely i think uh, <laughs> definitely not i think we're at, we're at like the start of our journey i right, think okay. um and you know i think it's important to like celebrate the fact that we've we've even got it gotten this far and mm. and as an entrepreneur it can be it's it's a lonely journey right even though there's like we have a whole team but mm. it is a lonely journey like um, and so I think it's important that you always take a step back and say like, wow, look, we look what we've created. Like, you know, even if, you know, we've got like th- tens of thousands of, of players and now it's like, well, look, tens of thousands of people, like people we've never met all across the planet enjoy something that we've created. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something worth celebrating. But I think making it big is is kind of a bit, hopefully it's like, uh, it's like in our future, but I think that's a, uh, a bit of a stretch at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just incredible. And I think you've kind of really highlighted on like the fact that, you know, these these kinds of hustles, these side hustles, these businesses, like you have to kind of really, or not only be passionate about it, but you've also got to think logistically and like that it's got more complicated than you think. And kind of the way you've definitely still got your like main day job and then you do this on the side. I think that's something we can all kind of learn from because I think too often, you know, people think business is going to be like, you know, you just get an idea, you go, go, go. And it's just like, woohoo. But actually, you know, even the fact you're doing incredible things and, you know, making it big is still something in your future. I think that just goes to show like, like definitely mm-hmm. for people kind of thinking they want to get into it. It's just like having that passion, that enthusiasm, but also being quite level headed and smart about it, you know, work smart and um, be smart and just. Yeah. So what would your what would your one piece of advice? Or well, yeah. maybe you can do two. Um, piece <laughs> of advice <laughs> for um, for people like you know, eighteen to twenty five, younger, older, whatever, just trying to yeah figure out what they want to do, whether it is a side hustle, whether it is you know they are working somewhere. Um, yeah, what would you say? Like maybe one or two key things to to just keep doing or try out or anything. Yeah, sure. So I I can give you two. I think the first one is is just to make sure that you know, you're, you're trying to learn at every opportunity, whether mm-hmm. that's, you know, trying to get experience at a startup or just, you know, going to like a local networking group, just learning from as many people as possible. I think learning is, is like knowledge is power, right? And so if you want to build a game or you want to build something in a specific space, you need to show why you're the best person in that space. Like you don't have to be the best in the world, but you could be the best in, you know, in, in England or the best in Europe and, and at least mm-hmm. start somewhere and then build on that. And then my second piece of advice was like, just don't accept like no, because because if you accept no, you're kind of giving in, giving in on your dreams. And like, mm. you know, we we had like many no's before we got to, you know, our first investor signing on. So um, I think it's it's super important to just like don't accept no. Like, obviously, if an investor tells you no, 
except the fact that they told you no, but don't let it shatter your dreams. Like someone yeah. might tell you like, this company will never work. This is a silly idea. Like you have no, you know, no idea what you're doing. No one's ever said that to us, but um, mm. I mean, just don't, you know, there are people out there that will tell you like, it's not possible, but just yeah. don't accept no. Cause the thing is, is like, you know, probably 10 years ago or 15 years ago, no one thought, we have like something like Uber on our phone, right? No one thought, oh, mm. why would I need an app when I can just hail a cab or call a cab, mm. right? Or like, there's so many different ideas that people, you know, now seem so obvious to us, but 10 years ago, they seemed like crazy things. And, yeah. and yeah. so you need to really bet on yourself and just don't take no yeah. for an answer because no one knows your vision like you do. Yeah. Mm. And I guess if they do ask why, like, I guess that's, yeah. it ties into your learning, right? Just don't be afraid to be, well, just ask the questions and learn from it and why don't they like it? And it may give you insights into, mm. you know, how you can approach it next time. And I think, yeah, both powerful, very powerful um, lessons to learn. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. I would just add on to that. You made a great point was like, if someone does say no, like make sure you ask why, like find out why. Mm, yeah. So, so investors, like really good investors will be like, these are the reasons we're not investing. Like it doesn't yeah. fit our thesis or, you know, it's the wrong time for us. And then others will give you great feedback as to like, mm. you know, this is why we don't believe that this is going to be successful or, or this is what we felt was wrong with your approach. And mm. then you can use that to learn and, and make sure that you're always asking for feedback at like every, and mm. it ties into the first point is learning, right? Like use the investors are a learning experience for yourself too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and you can you, like don't be too humble you know you can ask for help you can ask why yeah. and you can say that you don't know I think those kind of points you've made um, definitely like yeah. be well, almost vulnerable yeah. but <laughs> yeah I mean definitely I've I've uh, had investors tell me no they were like we love what you're building it doesn't match our fun but like it's yeah. a no from us they didn't invest in gaming then I was like well would you make an introduction to someone who, who does invest in gaming and they put me in yeah. touch with like three or four investors that mm -hmm. do invest in gaming and because of their recommendation, an investor decided to commit to the round. And so mm. don't be afraid to like, like you said, be vulnerable, right? Like mm -hmm. just admit to them that, you know, you're not, I told them, I was like, I don't really know anyone in Silicon Valley. You guys are like the kind mm -hmm. of first people I spoke to. Are you happy to introduce me? Because they said they like the business, but they, they don't, it doesn't fit the fun. And they were mm. more than happy to do so. So I think mm. you, if you don't ask, you don't get. And also just, just showing a bit. Like humans are vulnerable in general, so yeah, yeah. showing that or side it makes it. you human, you know, makes yeah. you exactly, yeah, exactly. Ah, so good, honestly. Like <laughs> I have already learned so much more, and I think everyone who's listening should take, you know, take that advice and and um, go for it. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, um, Harry, any last comments or Robbie, any last comments? I think it's been amazing. I mean, it, do you want to say a bit of, like if people want to contact you or maybe um, yeah. follow you on kind of your predecessor game, um, anything where they can find you? Yeah, sure. So so you can find us at predecessorgame.com. Um, sure. And it's predecessor game on Twitter too, and and all our all our relevant links are on the website. Amazing, cool. Love it. Such a good plug. Like, love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have honestly been incredible and just brilliant. The stuff you said and just like you know, I'm 100% going to take a lot away from this, and I know Harry as well yep. will. Um, yeah, and definitely. hopefully our listeners will too. But yeah, it's been amazing. We have loved chatting to you. Um, and yeah, everyone just keep following the Instagram and go check out the game and yeah. And hopefully Robbie will be part of the making it big network. So any other questions you can yeah, on LinkedIn, go check yeah, that out. <laughs> you can ask him as well. Sounds good. It was great speaking to you guys too. And you, thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Okay. Well, have a lovely day, everyone. Yeah. <laughs>